Hello and welcome back to the ACSE podcast. Uh, thank you very much for obviously the support last episode. I would say if you guys haven't seen it, go back and watch it. Uh, from a personal point of view, it's a very special episode to both myself and Warren uh, and anyone who has suffered with mental health side of things as well. It sort of sheds a bit of, I'd say, seriousness, but also makes a bit of a comedy side of it, which does need to come involved as well. Uh, so definitely check it out. Uh, but to this episode, recurring guest is back again, not compared to his first one. He's back after about four episodes instead of <laughs> the last one. It's Mr. Tom Jones is back. Hello. Uh, I was just going to mention before, if you haven't obviously checked out his socials, please do. He's doing a giveaway at 250 followers. I think he's, you're nearly there now and you're not far off. Yeah, so I've, I was one, I think I was on 180 when I posted it and now I'm on about 205, 206. So get following. The prize is going to be quite big. Um, and obviously, you know, obviously to thank the support, it'd be great to give something back. Brilliant. And obviously the usual co-host Warren is back as well for this episode. Um, so I think this episode is going to be a bit of a controversial one. I think we're going to probably say some things that people are not going to agree with, but I think that's the whole point of this conversation is VAR. Um, I think it's a thing that's been brought up a lot after, I'll say definitely last round fixtures of Premier League. Um, so we're sort of talking about some of the main talking points was obviously Thomas Suchek's incident, uh, which was, I don't know if you guys have actually seen the incident. I guess you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So obviously it looks like this fact is, obviously there was, I'll say, I don't know if it's the intention, but obviously his arm's gone up. Looks like he struck Mitrovic. Mitrovic has gone to the ground, which is expected. Um, obviously, the first initial sending off. Looking at the replay of VAR, it should not have been a red. Incident comes up, Mike Dean is involved and has sent him off. And that's opened up a whole can of worms. As now Mike Dean's been receiving death threats, which I would say personally, I don't think should happen at all. I don't endorse things like that. That's taking it too far in context and no one deserves that. Um, but he's obviously now asked to sit out of this. And this all opens up is VAR is meant to sort of be this safety, but it is more causing more issues for referees at the moment. Oh, Joey, start. (laughs) (laughs) It would be wonderful. (laughs) Um, Going back to the incident, what I saw of it is, it's, it's a bit of a close call. I wouldn't say it's a red, but obviously when he's going to pull his arm up, it looks like he's trying to get his arm out of the way, but hmm. like with any player, they're going to... I think one of their special skills is acting with quite a lot of it. <laughs> but it's... With VAR, when it first came out, obviously I saw it when it was in... I think one of the first ones was Australia. Yeah. And it seemed to work absolutely perfectly, but I was ballot for it when it came to the Prem, but completely changed my mind on it now. It's, well, especially, well, for me, being a Liverpool fan, you've seen, how can your, your armpit be offside? <laughs> I would start with decisions of VAR at the moment, because I think the last two weeks as an Arsenal fan, it's been probably the most painful two weeks of decisions. Massively, okay. massively. It is. I think another decision we can also mention there is obviously Bedernat got sent off against United for the exact oh, yes. that happened with David Luiz. There is such an agenda against them, isn't there? Yeah. Well, I think this is, I was speaking to my dad about this. He's an Arsenal fan as well. I said, I think the problem with David Luiz is he's got that reputation. It's so easy to send him off. Um, and I've seen a lot of reports as well. So obviously, the Arsenal 
players were very quick on social media to slag off the decisions. And that apparently was the people internally saying the FA looked at that and sort of went, we're not going to overturn it for that. I highly doubt it because the FA have to be professional sort of things. But like you said there, he's got, there is, seems to be an agenda against players like that now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I do genuinely believe, and it's sad to say this, but had it have been a different Arsenal player, for example, I don't know, Tierney, Cedric, I know Tierney wasn't playing, sorry, Cedric or someone like that. Yeah. I don't think, I think the decision would have been overturned. Um, if you actually look at the incidents for Bednarek and uh, David Luiz, they're not too dissimilar. I'm not saying they're the same, but they're not too dissimilar. The same sort of attempt for the ball is made. Um, and obviously, you know, Southampton get their centre-back back. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's a blessing in disguise for Arsenal at the moment. Um, but the thing that the thing that sort of drives everyone insane is that the idea of VAR is to give a definitive decision for when a referee isn't sure of what to do. Now, it seems to be at the minute that the referees can use that now as a scapegoat to influence the decision whether they make it right or wrong. For example, the World Cup, where the famous Frank Lampard shot that went over the line. Um, obviously, it was it was way over the line. There's been way closer calls before, and that's been given. But that was a, a main talking point. Now, obviously, the best instance of VAR there would be to have stopped the game, seeing that it had gone over the line and give England the goal. I'm not saying it would have changed the outcome of the game, but that's the idea. But nowadays, it's, it's coming down to... Uh, opinion. I'm not sure what the point of the VAR assistant is because he doesn't tell the referee what to do. He literally just says what he sees and no one no one really knows what to do. It, so everyone just sort of points at the other guy and says, yeah, what, what, do, what do you think should happen? No, I agree. I think obviously what he's got mentioned the side of it, so just obviously bringing up the sort of that Mike Dean, Lee Mason has obviously now been officially demoted from his duties as a referee this weekend. Um, it's interesting that he was the VAR referee for both these incidents. Um, and I think the official cover is he failed to do his simple job as a reviewer. And I think we've sort of discussed it, that sort of thing as well. It's, I think the way around this is obviously that it's opinion. And obviously we don't get to hear what they're saying as referees. I think I personally, from my point of view, I would love to hear what their, their, their reason is behind these decisions. They do it in uh, Australia, and I think I watched an MLS game last year, was the highlights where they refereed the mics up on them. I don't see why we couldn't have that type of thing in England. I think, I know you're going to have the stereotypical freaking hard nut English football fans who's going to sort of look down at it instantly, but I think you sort of need to have this technology bringing in and making it work because we've invested so much money into VAR now to make it work. You can't just give up on it so soon. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, like we were saying just before we start recording, obviously, with the um, rugby, where you can hear both ref and obviously fourth official yeah. on there. And it was, I think, uh, well, supporters do get a lot more understanding why they're sending them off or they're giving that penalty for that reason, which in football, I think would help a lot yeah. by doing that, at least with a fan's perspective, they know what's going on and why the referee is actually doing that. I think even just bringing up the decision on the screen, I know they've been so sort of defined and they don't want to do that in the grounds, but I can't see why not. 
because if you can see that decision again on the screens for everyone, it's not they can highlight. I think me and I think we would like go back to this episode. Me and Tom were sort of saying is these referees are so protected. Is it that they don't want to give any chance for scrutiny? The ref, if you bring it up on the screen, everyone can see it. Well, the way I look at it is, it happens in loads of other sports. In cricket, you've got Hawkeye. If a batsman edges the ball, there's technology in place which tells you if, if he's yeah, Snicko, sorry, Snicko, yeah. If he's if he's edged the ball or not. Therefore, if he's edged the ball, he is out. Definitive decision, no debate. I've edged it, I'm out. Rugby, you know, if there's if there's a um if there's a ruck or a mall on the actual trial on itself and you can't and the ref can't have a clear view of whether the ball's been um, put down for a try. It's taken to a video referee. The video referee says either yes, it's it's over the line, it's a try. No, it's not gone over the line, or it's a bit inconclusive. But still, you still get a definitive answer. The only sport that it's not working with is football, mainly because the first thing that I think it is is that there's not a lot of respect for the officials by the players. If you watch rugby, they're called sir. They apologise if they're out of, out of line. Football, they swear at them, tell them they're useless. So that's the, that's the first thing. Um, and then the second thing as well, as I say, is that um, the, the, the idea of the video referee is to tell the official, because they've, they've got the view, they've got all the angles. There's no excuse why they can't give a definitive decision. And in football, I don't know whether it's harder or not, but you can tell whether something's right or wrong. And taking the Suchek incident... Uh, into the example, if the player, well, if Mitrovic, the player in question, who, who got struck, if he's saying that it's not a red card, and if he can he can tell the referee that Suchek made the accident, and he still sends him off yeah. after watching it, how many times? Yeah. There's there's just no. There needs to be some sort of definitive answer. The players won't be mad if Mike, if Mike Dean had gone back and said, right, it's accidental, play on. There'd have been no protest whatsoever the only pro the protests were from both sides if uh, if anything for sending to check off or as i say before if the camera angles aren't there then the ref can't really give anything as it's inconclusive information that's just the facts but i think referees are just sorry i think the referees are protected in that they can it, it seems to me as a fan that they can go to a game, ref it on their terms, mm. and then just leave like nothing had happened. They still get paid. I was all going to bring up is that do, do you think it's more of an aspect of English rep, like in the English Premier League refs as well? Because if you look at other countries doing like Australia, we've mentioned, they've got it down to a T. And I think in the Champions League in Europe League, they've got it spot on nearly every time I watch them games around VAR. Um, obviously, a lot of the refs now, like, go back to a few years ago, which was the likes of, obviously, like, Howard Webb, etc. and is a ref. That was sort of our pinnacle of English ref. We dominated in Europe. But now, you see a lot of these French-Spanish refs, where they've been using it for a while in their countries. They've got it down to a T. Is, do you think it's more of an aspect as well that our refs are not really that interested in this technology and they don't want to admit they're wrong in certain decisions? Um, yeah, I think it is really with them. It's um, it's one of those things of them. I, I think we maybe are we trying too hard of getting this too perfect for VAR? I'm not sure, but it's well, it's one of those what it's just bloody stupid. Um, with them, with the refs, obviously, do they 
obviously when they put the re uh, match report in afterwards, do they get any fines that after that? If they've done something wrong, I'm not sure. Pass. I wouldn't know about fines. I think they must there have was a, a but yeah, it, it's. I think Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville did something. I was just um, yeah, so they had, they were challenged as a linesman. There was a couple of players and they were to flag yeah. for onside or offside, obviously, um, and they had to judge it for themselves. Um, and then that was to sort of, I think, give an insight to the sort of football fan how hard it is to officiate a game, which I concur, it is, it is really hard. You've got a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, carrying on. So um, there was, they didn't mention it too much, but they said... Um, if uh, it's been there's been so many instances, uh, a Chelsea game pops to mind. There was a player that was flagged offside when he was onside and he went and scored disallowed goal. They have to put a report in stating what the situation was, why they gave the decision they made, and I think if I'm not wrong, to a, um, in a way of they have to they had to say um, why they were wrong and how they could have done it differently. So. I, not that I know what there might be, but there was no talk of fines or anything. I think they just—it's just the self-reflection. I like. suppose it's one of those things as well. Where it's where it's so high-profile, they must be getting um, watched all the time and examined. Yeah, I think it, the I, I want to say it's Dermot Gallagher is in charge of the refs now. I think he was at the time when that documentary was coming out, and I think. If anyone hasn't seen that, it is a really good documentary. I think it's on Sky Sports on their catch-up things. But I think, like you said there, I think no disrespect to the referees or anything. I, you know how hard their job is, I think. That sort of highlights it to people who thinks it's easy being a linesman or whatever it is. It isn't. Them decisions, you literally have a split second to try and work out if he's onside or offside. And I think this, but this is the fun thing it comes down to, is VAR is meant to bring clarity on decisions. At the moment, it's not. In the simplest terms, it is causing more of a headache in the Premier League. And I can understand why you've got players coming out this saying their disapproval of things like that. But how would you say, what is the ultimate solution to getting around this and sorting this out in the Premier League? Because uh, weren't we, the first year we did VAR, weren't we doing our own rules? And then we went into the European after that. Yeah. Uh, what I what I see of is a lot better in in Europe than I can think of. Obviously, if they take note of what they're doing, but it's never going to be perfect. And I think if we make it too perfect, we will completely ruin the game. But mistakes like this, obviously, what we're happening, are not exactly great at the moment, are they? No, I think like there is. I don't expect it to be perfect. I think, like, like you said, some aspects of football is always them tiny mistakes that change the game. I think they've still got to somewhat be there, but you can't have incidents where a player on the pitch has said, the, well, the person in the goose of the foul has said it wasn't a foul, yet the player's still getting sent off. It's, it's, so it's childish in a way. You can't be having that. Because two of the things as well, um, obviously that one with uh, Man United, when the West, uh, final whistle went, and then they brought it back for the penalty. Yeah. And then obviously the Van Dyke one when obviously it was called offside, so that's why he didn't do anything about it. But then said obviously a couple of months later that he should have sent him off. Hmm. 
Hmm. I think like you said that Mitchell has Michael Oliver involved with the Van Dyke thing. I think yeah. there's been so many of them this season where I, we could have gone on for countless incidents. I was just trying to pick, well, say the more easy ones because they've happened in the last week. Um, but I don't know. It's I think. Yeah. Do you think as well, sort of an aspect is, do you think the fans will ever truly accept it? Do you want to go, Tom? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> from a fan's point of view, let's let's imagine fans are still going to the games, right? If I'm an, if I'm an, well, unfortunately, I am an Arsenal fan, <laughs> but if I was to buy a season ticket, right, just just put it into perspective, I have to wait sixty-seven seasons to get my season ticket. I have to pay around £2,000 for my ticket, and that is only for home games. That's half the season and whatever cups we're in. Um, so I wait those six, seven years, go to the game, first game, we get cheated out of a win. You know, there's the reason I think the Premier League's struggling at the minute is because of the amount of attention it gets. It's, you know, as I say, uh, I've mentioned in a podcast on it before, the, the, the rights for the Premier League go for around £6 billion a season. So the amount of pressure that, you know, it's the most watched league in the world. And there's a, there's a rant from Charlie Austin when he was at Southampton where he felt that the officials got it wrong against, I believe it was Watford, if I'm not wrong, saying, help, help get these officials help. We're the most watched league in the world. Give them all the help they need. Give them all the help they need. And as I say, for a fan, I would be extremely frustrated because, as I say, you, you've got three categories for, v, uh, for VAR. It's a yes, no, inconclusive. And the thing is, is that we're not... It's a bit like the COVID rules. They're just making them up as they go along. <laughs> you know, I can... You know, it, it's ridiculous. There's no... There's no. As I say, we've been saying we're repeating ourselves quite a lot, but we've, there's no clarity. So, as a fan, you know, the, the, the official... It is always pressure, but in football, you know, you're taught from a young age getting the ref said, and then you know, blah blah blah. If he make if he, if he makes a bad decision, you know, man. And I'm talking at you know under 14, under 15 level. If a, if a referee makes a bad decision, he he gets he gets a load of abuse. Like I did a last season, I helped out one of my next door neighbours. I ref an under nines game of football, and I stopped the game because a lad had twisted his ankle, and there was a team that were throwing goal. Anyways, a dad started shouting at me, giving me abuse. And I just went over to, I, I, just, I just, yeah, I just went over to him. I said, well, what, what, what are you, it's a game of football. If your lad went down and twisted his ankle. You would want me to stop the game. You would want me to stop the game. But, you know, as I say, in rugby, it's, sir, sorry, sir, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, I understand. One more, you know, when they say, you know, classic line, one more and you're off. They mean it in rugby. The referee is, is, you know, superior. I think it's the only sport left in the world where they call the official by sir. Um, yeah, but that's that's if you see it, it's all it's 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 from the bottom up. Yeah, and that's the youth. Way, and I think like, yeah. yeah, like you refed under. I used to ref some games, etc. But I wouldn't ever ref a game again now because the amount of abuse you get, it just isn't worth the time or day. Um, and I think full credit to the people who do go into refs. And I think in a few weeks' time, we do have a referee, an ex-referee, coming on here. So I think we'll bring up the VAR chat to him again and see his opinions on it. But yeah, it's one of them that, oh, I think you and me mentioned it is, and I think you said it is, should a referee face a press conference after a game? It's one of those. <laughs> I, uh, 
I don't think you'd be able to. You well after the manager and the players done it. Did you really want to watch a ref say what well, he's done all game? <laughs> but as like for me as an Arsenal fan, go back to the incident where Leno and Louise got sent off. I would want to hear his thoughts as to what happened because I think there's a lot of people also set up the Leno one. Could that really not have been a send off as well? Because it's very debatable. I think it was a red. I've seen a lot of people saying that it could have gone the other way. But he was out of the box. He denied a goal scoring opportunity. Exactly. There was no one. There was no one behind him, and he played it with his arm. I've had that, but obviously, like the Louise one, I think a lot of people would like to have heard his thoughts due to the fact that if you watched the replays back, which he would have done from VAR, to hear his thought and reason as to why he still upheld the original decision. I think with that, obviously, um, I don't think they they would let the referees do that anyway, would they? Because obviously, they don't want uh, don't want them to um, blurt to say that they've actually done something wrong. I sure. presume that's what they've uh, done on BT Sports, haven't they, on the Saturday, where they bring a ref in to kind of talk yeah. about the, um, through the game. Mark Clattenberg does it quite a bit, I think. Yeah, um, oh, I agree, but then I think it all goes about debate is. If a player makes a mistake, he's instantly brought up on it by the media, etc. And he has to face all the consequences of the press. And I think I sort of mentioned it's Timo Werner this year. The amount of stick he's been getting, and I think Tom, you mentioned it, even in his confidence not to be that low and shot. Even in training, if he scores, the players are trying to hype him up. Think how that must be as a player, and obviously like the mental health side of things that we discussed last episode, is... I'm not trying to say the refs have got it easy, but in a way they do. They don't have to deal with this such pressure on them. They don't yeah, because if you... Oh, go on. No, I was just going to say, um, how many times do you hear... So, we'll take... Say, say there was a bad decision in the Arsenal-Aston Villa game. Yeah. Right, we lost 1-0. How many times do you go before the next... So we've got Leeds next. How many times do you ever hear someone go, oh, God, awful ref last game? It's never that, is it? You never hear anyone say, um, you know, the ref had a shock last game. It's not even brought up. It's the team lost. We've lost the game. Even if the referee had made a really bad decision. You look to the next game and you say, look, can we win this game? And, you, and you know... I know it's it's stupid to blame a loss on an official. I'm not condoning that. But what I'm saying is, is like you said, Charlie, they have it. I think personally, they have it easy in terms of the game is done and dusted unless something stupid has, has been made. So if they have a, if they make a few bad decisions, if a throwing goes another way, if a foul's not given by the, the morning after, next game, done. It's not that news, it's old news now. It's then like, I think obviously you mentioned the Arsenal Villa game is I think a lot of the, the stick was on Cedric. Cedric made the mistake. It's constantly been brought up, we need a new left back to recover. It's not what like you say, it might, the ref didn't have a bad game, but if he did, it would have been mm-hmm. all over the news. Arsenal now looking for a new left back cover, etc. Think how that affects the player in the long run as well. I can see Warren smiling, what's he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously just going back to that Werner thing with uh, refs obviously they haven't got that price tag over their end have they to perform they're just going in in and out each week do their job and like you said it's, it's done with until the next game 
I get you saying they're doing their job, but then the players doing their job as well. Sure, like as an official in the Premier League, you should be held to the highest of standards, just the same way that the players are when they're elite players in the Premier League. Like you look at the officials in Championship League One, League Two, they could probably do equally a good job as them as well. There should be a set standard. If you're obviously the way it works with football for players, obviously is that the higher the, the higher the league, the more money you're on. Um, you know, League One, League Two. I'm basing off averages there. I don't have any statistics or anything. We'll say they get, I don't know, maybe 50, 60k a year. Obviously, in the Prem, some players are earning that weekly, and obviously the refs, I believe, are on six figures, high five figures, low six figures. Yeah, so, I think I mean I'm I'm really I'm really stabbing in the dark here. I believe it's between the eighty to a hundred. Okay. So if you if you look at it in context, if you've chosen oh. to do that, you have to take the responsibilities with it. That that's the way I see it. If you do make a bad decision at that high level of football with the amount of pressure that it gets, you should be held accountable because you sh- there should be some sort of, I don't know, briefing before or going forward. Because, you know, would could you could you arguably say that Mike Dean wouldn't have received death threats if he came out afterwards admit- and admitted that he made the wrong decision? Controversially, maybe. I agree with that. I think it's a hard one to say. And I think, like we said, we don't condone the death threats in any way. No person yeah, should no time, no. Um, But, like I said, I think it's one of them ones. That I think it's like, if you just come out and admit to your mistake, then, yeah, I think people will understand it. Admittedly, you, you cocked up. Everyone does. You're human. That is part of being a human. You make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But if you come out and have, I'll say, like the balls to admit it, then... You know, I think, I think, I think the biggest stigma as well—it had to be Mike Dean involved in all this. Yeah. Any Premier League referee, he seems to be involved in any sort of drama, etc. I think, I don't know if that doesn't really help him in these ways that he's is an easy target. I think, I think we always bring up players. Mike Dean is an easy target as a referee now. Um, and I think Michael Oliver has had his fair share of stick as well. It's. It's a hard one to say. I would like to ask, though, obviously, I know I'm a guest, so if I'm out speaking myself, just cut it out in the edit. But if you are watching this and you've got this far and listen to me waffling for this long, thank you. But if you would leave in the comments, do you think referees should have to face the media after the game? Because I'd be really interested to see people's thoughts and opinions on it. I think a lot of people probably would say yes. I think so. I think it's an interesting one. It is an interesting one. Purely because of the fact, if you're in the Premier League, you, you've got that responsibility. You know, I think as you as you say, Champions League and Europa League, you don't really need it because they've got it spot on every time. And I think I think it sums up. I think even the one that stands out to me, I don't think it was last season, but the season before when you had the City versus Tottenham game, when Sterling scored that goal, and I think it was like the 97th minute, and they got it spot on because he was offside, and they yeah. got that decision down to a T that. It, well, obviously, I think it broke a lot of freaking people's heart. I think if anyone in, likes football, watch the two semi finals that year, which I think it was, was it Ajax and Tottenham as well. Probably the best semi finals I've ever seen in a long time. 
Um, but the official yeah, they, it was that bad with Ajax. Then when they when they were about to print the paper saying Ajax had gone through, and then Lucas Moura scored the goal, absolutely fuming. Uh, but like the officiating at that level is, but then again, it's free and it's UEFA that's involved in that. Um, and obviously, I know I think UEFA are a bit more strict and everything under levels. And I think that is the way it should be done in the Premier League as well. If that level of officiating is. They have a set tier of referees that are allowed in their games and they base that on the amount of decisions got wrong. Yeah, they should do. It's, it must be. That, I take it they have the set uh, amount of referees each year, may, mainly the ones they've used the previous year. Maybe yeah. kind of, um, like kind of like Premier League darts where you've obviously got had to be informed to be uh, picked for that season as such for it. Yeah. And I think it's interesting is the intake of referees that are coming up at the moment, are they not up to standard? I think like, I think we mentioned earlier, I think the pinnacle for us was a good few years ago. You had the likes of Mark Clattenberg, Howard Webb, etc. These were all English referees in the Premier League as well. I think Mark Clattenberg was a World Cup final referee. Yeah. I think Howard Webb's done the World Cup final as well, I believe. That's the standard I think people want to see. I mean, as I say, I think if the Premier League want to develop the officiating, I think, as you, I think it was mentioned earlier, they need to look into other sports. Um, sort of going off into another sport, if you look at Wimbledon, how many times do you ever see people like a Wimbledon official make a mistake? Everyone has their set job. There's about, I think, so you've got the two people that watch the lines, you've got the ball boys and boy girls, and you've got the umpire. You know, if if you argue with the um, if if you argue with the official, you get a warning. If you do it again, then you're gone. You know, it's so well done. And again, another sport with technology and that can give you decisive information. Yeah. Now, there's not enough being done. You know, the whole the whole thing with football. You know, obviously it's a massive competition. But as it moves now into a business, Charlie, obviously the amount of times we've had that at uni, you know, <laughs> we'd have had a mansion by now. But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but like you know, it's, it's it is a business, it is a business, and you know it, it's going to the point now where ex pros Jamie Carragher are saying on you know on 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 air by the way that it, it's ruining the game. You know there doesn't seem to be any change or address that you know this is gonna this is gonna change and this is potentially what we have to deal with now. I mean it's already bad enough that the grassroots game is gone. For, for, for now and you know so people are more entitled to watch football but you know when they see this they just think what what's the point like you said there football is a business if you want a clearer club case of what football and business do look at Arsenal Football Club <laughs> one of the clearest cases I've ever seen in my life of what I'll say you know I think you've done the full time you know you've done one year it sums it up right there of what football and when business collide becomes. Uh, loud, don't they? We're going to saw a bid on 75k a year. <laughs> says it says it all. It says it all. It really does. And this is, it, it's the clear case of the way, if you look at the way we are structuring internally, everything like that, it's, I think it's one of them is, I think, for, I think Tom's very much like me when he went to you and you studied, you look at all these clubs and you sort of see it from a business point of view as well now. Um, obviously, for some people who are just a genuine fan, they probably have no interest in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, it is killing the game because it is becoming more of a business. And I think if we're not careful, it's going to become very much like the NFL. Um, as much as I like watching American football as well, it's 
it's a franchise. It's not a club anymore. They even, they call themselves franchises. Yeah, but if you look, I mean, two two words for business: Manchester City. Yeah, but you know what? I think everyone gives them stick. Fair play to Sheikh Mansour because he's done a lot more than just Man City. He's built up a whole neighbourhood as well, like around. The- of course, but. Again, you could controversially say, how can you go from having Richard Dunn at centre back to one season to Vincent Company? <laughs> it doesn't just happen overnight. True. You know what I mean? You know, their first their first big signing was Rubinho for thirty two million. Yeah. And they have Danny Mills playing at left back. It just it doesn't add up. But I think the difference, I mean, in my opinion, to that side of things is not saying I'm a Man City fan of him, but it's you look at the difference between I'll say the two aspects of business ways, Chelsea of Roman Abramovich, where I'll say he come in and he just pumped billions into the club and there's not really done a lot around I'll say supporting Chelsea the area he hasn't done anything that side of things are notable I can see as you look at Man City Mansour he's built a whole new academy they've got everything like that first team training ground everything that is access and they're building their academy up he's built have you ever been there sorry to interrupt you have you ever been there either of you I am it is mental and I think Dedication, I think, I've, when I went, because obviously I've got a lot of Manchester families where they're a city fan, so I've been on a tour around it, and obviously you, you can, when you go inside, they meet them, they've got a whole open plan of everything they want to do. Mm. It's a club run as a business, but they're doing it very well. And then when you look at the way Arsenal are doing it, it's, we're doing it <laughs> completely backwards. When we're just pumping money out of the club from selling players, and it's all going into Stan Kroenke's club, the Los Angeles Rams is his club in America. I mean, yeah, it's like, uh, what was it the other day? We've, um, what, uh, didn't we, haven't we sold eight, something like eight players on a free? We've got no money for them. Obviously, like Ozil, how much is he? 42 million? 300 grand a week. We lost Rams. I think that's an episode we could do, we can ramble on about them free. Uh, a, bit, a bit more in- that needs to be that needs to be an entire episode Arsenal Football Club we'll be honest with you the, the downfall of Arsenal Football Club yeah yeah I know I mean Warren will be in a full Liverpool kit for that one <laughs> yeah um, but I, I, uh, Tom likes to know I like to throw a span of a question in at the end of every episode when you're yeah um, I think Warren wanted to sort of do this as well because we've done a, an episode a few weeks ago of our prediction of the top four <laughs> for this season I think we might need to change it because I think we both had City as nowhere near when this was at time because they were essentially yeah, awful where they've now won I think 14 on the bounce in all competitions <laughs> um, so Tom your top four this season oh god um, City Country yeah. Mile does it have to be in order if you want it to be. Oh. <laughs> it's not that much harder, Tom. <laughs> no, well, yeah, it's one to four and I'm struggling, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, 16 yeah, to win the league. Yeah. Do you know what? Leicester. Second. Yeah. Um, United third. Okay. Uh, fourth. I don't. I can't see. I can't see Villa being this consistent throughout the season. They've not been the best lately, other than they beat us. 
I reckon Liverpool. I reckon Liverpool can nick top four. Okay. Every team has a bad. Every team has a. Every team has a bad. You know, sooner we with the new signings we've got. So hopefully things turn out a bit more differently in the next couple that of games. Kabak, the Kabak you signed is an absolute steal. He is an is un- unreal player. <laughs> I've never. I've, to be honest with you, I've. I've never. I've. I've heard of him, but I've not heard anything about him. Um, been tracking him for the last couple of years. I've looked oh, at. His- Obviously, he's been in a bit of a awful Schalke team this season. Well, but his yeah, I brought this up a few weeks ago about Schalke was on very close to breaking like the Bundesliga record ever in like 150 years for the most losses on the bounce. Yeah. Um, for a club like Schalke, it's a bit of a shock because they've got a few years ago they had like Neuer was there and going to the Champions League and stuff. Um, Is it- a perfect deal for us obviously we've got an option to buy if we want which I think they put that in to see if he does alright we'll keep it if he doesn't then we'll start spending big on um, Meccano in the summer so we well we did a brilliant job of getting that deal um, the other one Davies I haven't really seen to be honest I, I can't say much about him <laughs> he's supposed to be a um, ball playing defender but how much he play because they were saying about um, they didn't want to go big at the moment of because of the it was Reese Williams and Nat Phillips they wanted them to start progressing in in the club but I, I, by the end of the season I expect that won't be the case they'll just spend money <laughs> yeah uh, was a top four City Accrington Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I think probably Man United. Second. Well, that hurt, didn't it? That hurt. Third, Leicester. Fourth, Liverpool. I think mine's going to be the same as yours was. I think City, then United, Leicester, Liverpool. I think think United are doing well, but I don't think they've got enough in the locker. Um... It's been a bit of a weird season, hasn't it, really, with ups and downs, especially with Liverpool being at the top, and then for it to completely, completely change around. Man United actually pulling their finger out for once. <laughs> um, Bruno, Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> he's he's decent, he is, but if they if I don't if they didn't have him, I don't think they would be where they are. And they'd be middle mid table, mid table. And if they keep uh, relying on saying, oh, Pogba's one of the best midfielders in the world, they need to, they've got another thing coming, really, and I think they need to get their head checked. He's had more haircuts than he's scored goals. <laughs> uh, last question, Tom. Where are we finishing this season, as in Arsenal? Arsenal? <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere between 7th and 20th, to be honest. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Top half. <laughs> I don't know, mate. <laughs> Like, honestly, um, uh, I reckon between, I think top six is out, of, is out of the question. Unless we go on, like, uh, when I say a run, I mean, we don't, we just don't stop losing. Yeah. Uh, don't stop winning, sorry. Um, I think we'll come between seventh and tenth this season. I really do. I think we'll be about And Yeah, I mean, if I hear one more, give Arteta time, blah, blah, blah. He's had two transfer windows. 
right. not a fan anymore. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? I mean, we've got so much dead words. And you know, is- we're a sinking ship. It's like you know when you just you know when you just see like a I don't know someone on a boat just get sweeping up the water and chucking it in the sea. That's us at the minute. We've got so many crap players just I think wandering round. I've been saying I'll say this to a few workmates about this. Is I'm a big fan of Arteta still. I think I wanted him before we got Emre. Um, and I've, I've I've said don't judge him until next summer. You this window I think for us this window we've had an absolute blinder. Arguably, we let a lot of players go for cheap and like Urzel for free, but we've mm-hmm. cleared a lot of wages out that we weren't using because we couldn't afford it. If the summer we go out, and I think him and Adu are getting a plan together now of how we can strategize this correctly, and if Kroenke is willing to back them, we need to spend, I'd say, on three or four players. Yeah, that's the biggest cog in the work, if Kroenke's going to back them. But if he did... So what are they basing the money-wise on a defender? Because you know... Uh, that- four million for a defender, two for a midfielder, and three for a striker. Yeah, they're basing it off a Sun fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> We've got more... Like, you know, it's like Pepe. Oh, yeah, we'll pay you £5 and a pack of Robnobs a week just to keep him for £72 million. It'll take us 65 years to pay him off. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a joke. Oh, well, I think for this week we'll wrap it up. But you know what? I think we'll have Tom back on. I think we'll do an Arsenal special. I think Warren will. Oh. But we'll do a full in-depth review of Arsenal Football Club. Where we go? Bloody, um, Peter Crouch, perfect hat-trick against you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that could be said. I think we could do about a four-hour special for that one. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I, I, mate, I, I, seriously, I, I, I've never really sort of... Came on here. I really enjoy it. It's good. Get me back. Good. Justice for Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, for this week, thank you very much, Tom, for coming back on. I think you're going to see a lot more of him on the show. We love having him on here. Uh, hopefully, you think it's the same. Uh, but thank you all for the support. As usual, the socials are below. Tom's socials be in there. Go hit him out and get him up to 250 followers. His prize will be announced shortly. And uh, as usual, if you're a fan of FIFA, etc., get over on our Twitter. Warren, who is running the page, does, I think, about four giveaways a week at the moment. It's, it's amazing for you lot. You're getting free freaking FIFA points, and I can't pack nothing at the moment. Yeah, Warren, okay. sort me out. Hey, I've been pretty sweet at every one. But I think there'll be a bit more FIFA content coming. We all play it. Um, so if you guys want to see some FIFA content, let us know. Um, we can sort Episode of- on Foot Champs, please. <laughs> What live streaming? Nice player, that yeah. Not where that, or just just talking about the actual A's. The A's awful. <laughs> and the five three two meta, it's out at the moment, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thank you all, and we'll see you guys next week.